say the game is getting old Monday morning and your coffee's cold Life is not what you want it to be Hello everyone and welcome to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo and oh man do we have another great show for you. I know every week it's the same story. Jay you say it's always a great show. Well of course but it's a doubly great show today because I have two outstanding guests who co-authored this book called Becoming Invaluable. Does that sound like you? Oh, maybe not. Maybe you should learn to become invaluable. Listen to this secondary title. Develop, hold on now, hold on. If you're driving down the road, listen to this. Just hold on, all right? Don't throw on the brakes. Don't get out your pen, all right? Not yet, not while you're driving. Develop the willitude to navigate success. No, I did not mess that up. It is willitude and navigate. Mm, 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 mm. Not sure what that means. So kind of got an idea maybe, but not sure. Oh, my two authors, Stephen Bowen and uh, Dr. Terry Lyles. Oh, they're going to help us understand how we can become invaluable. Who doesn't want to become invaluable? We're going to talk about that today. And, and the nine attributes that it takes for you to become invaluable in whatever you're doing in this life. And one of my favorite subjects that we're going to talk about, and we'll probably hit it pretty hard, is purpose. Because you know I love talking about purpose, and it's so important. And and we're going to help you get there. I promise you we will. But before we get to them, let's do what we do every week, right? We are four-part people. We are physical, mental, emotional, spiritual people. And the fact of the matter is we need to be working on ourselves every single day in all four of those areas. Because, quite frankly, we don't stay static. Uh, in, in fact, my wife would like to say, if we're not growing, we're dying. Well, there's a lot of truth to that, in fact. <laughs> so what I'd like you to do is check in, right, like we do every week, and evaluate yourself on these four areas on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 is, ugh, you know, 10 is, wow, that's awesome. 5 is average. So what do I mean? So physically, for instance, how would you say on a scale of 1 to 10 you're doing when it comes to getting enough exercise, eating right, hydrating yourself, right, getting enough sleep, by the way, I'm telling you, in this book, they talk about, you know, all of those things are really, really important if you're going to become invaluable, right? So, a scale of 1 to 10, 5 being average, how would you say you're doing physically? Now, listen, if your number is low, let's say it's a 2, I don't want you to be alarmed. I don't want you to go, oh, don't get down on yourself. That's not, that's a starting point. That's a place we go, okay, we're, we can grow from here, right? What changes can we make that we can grow from? Right, so there's your first number. Second number is the mental intellectual number. Right, the, the the fact of the matter is you can't be a couch potato and believe that somehow you're going to absorb information and just learn in some magical way. That's not the way it works. The fact of the matter is you have to be an active participant in your growth. So what are you doing to grow in the knowledge of who you are, what you do, what you do in your work, in your relationships? Are you reading a book? Are you listening to a book? Are you doing something to be an active participant in that intellectual growth? On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you say you're doing? And then what are you going to do to change it? All right? That's your second number. Third number is the emotional and, and number. And, and let me just say, there's a lot of, that can be said about emotional intelligence and emotional quotients. And a lot of people kind of lump sum that into what the, 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 my two authors talk about, soft skills and those type of things. But I'm going to, and Daniel Goleman, who, Dr. Goleman, has written tons in the area of emotional quotients, emotional intelligence. But we make it simple here in the show. First of all, 
how well are you able to control your emotions under stress and pressure? And then secondly, how well are you able to tap into and understand the emotions of another person? On a scale of one to 10, looking at those two areas, how would you say you're doing? All right, that's your third number. And finally, the fourth number, spiritual number. And you know, we're all spiritual, whether you want to believe it or not. We all connect with each other on a spiritual level. It's not just emotional, mental, physical. Matter of fact, if you remove the emotional, physical, and mental, you know, you could still be connected to someone spiritually. Matter of fact, uh, we have done shows talking to special forces people who talk about the human spirit that did not desires to do more. There is a will that desires for us to connect to beyond ourselves. And then what brings you back to centeredness or joy or peace in the midst of chaos? Is it God? Is it nature? Is it something else? How is it working? What might you need to do to change it? We all live by faith. If you made plans for the future and they haven't happened yet, that's faith. Fact of the matter is, you pushed the button on your car this morning believing it was going to start. That's faith. You drank your cup of coffee this morning believing it wasn't poisonous. That's faith. The crosswalk said, walk. You believe that none of the cars would hit you. That's faith. So when it comes to your spiritual area, a scale of 1 to 10, how would you say that's going for you? Those four areas like air and the tires of your car. If, you're, if one of the tires is too low, what happens? It's hard to drive the car. Hard to steer it. Hard to keep it going. What happens if all four tires are low? Well, over the course of time, you're going to ruin the car. So we want to bring our tires to uh, the right height, and we want to be able to uh, ride smoothly. And speaking of two men who do that, uh, let me just start with Stephen Bowen. He holds a Bachelor of Arts in Chemistry with a minor in Economics and Business Administration from Westminster College in Fulton, Missouri. He's an executive leader with over 30 years of P&L experience, plus delivering in turnarounds and high growth results for businesses, both public and private equity owned, in multiple industries across the world. He's creator, he is the creator of total value optimization in the supply chain consulting field. He is uh, successful in sales, marketing, business leader who founded, led, and built Mainpoint LLC, a very successful supply chain consulting firm, which he has sold to a major international corporation a few years ago. Uh, he has been continuously learning about self-development through hundreds of books and thousands of recordings for over 40 years. Dr. Terry Lyles uh, holds a PhD in psychology and is recognized as national international educator, author, and speaker to universities and schools, Fortune 500 companies, world-class athletes, and, and public audiences. Um, he has trained hundreds of individuals, including fire rescue workers in and around Ground Zero, international forensic medical teams in the Asian Torn Tsunami area, and the U.S. Air Force. Space Command, sharing his time-tested, scientifically measured approach to stress utilization. He's worked with all sorts of co corporations. You may have heard of some of these, Daimler Chrysler, Banana Republic, Tommy Hilfiger, I know. He's appeared on NBC, ABC, USA today. Uh, headline news, uh, listen, he's been all over. Where hasn't he been? Maybe that's another thing to, I should say, put it that way. Um, he is, uh, as a corporate performer enhancement life balance, balance specialist, he's hosted a premier talk show sponsored by Success Magazine and was heard as the stress doctor while living with his family, Marcia and Braden, in South Florida. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show. And guys, welcome for the first time to a new direction, please welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. Great having Great you. 
Um, okay, so let's let's just jump right into it. Uh, the book is entitled Becoming Invaluable. And you come right out of the introduction and you ask the question and you say, we have a simple question to ask. What do you think is the highest calling in life you can have? And that's a great question, gentlemen. So, uh, Stephen, I'm going to start with you. Why start with that question when we come right out of the blocks becoming invaluable? How does that fit in? Jay, first of all, I loved your opening, and thank you. You hit on all the key points that that Mm -hmm. we talk about, and hopefully we can add a couple of thoughts to that for your audience today, and and we're excited to do that. What I I would say about, you know, this question for me – comes down to having a true purpose in life. And and it comes down to a very simple common denominator. If you can answer the question, maybe, maybe I'll give it a little different venue of it. Why do you exist? Hmm. And that's a really tough question to face. Like, why do you exist? What is it that that gets you really excited? Because if you can find that area then you know you've got some value to deliver there. And becoming invaluable now becomes much easier than if you're starting in an area where you're not sure you add value. And that's why we ask that question. And I think, you know, that's just one perspective. I'm sure Terry has another too. Mm-hmm. Good. Dr. Lyles, go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the whole starting of this book was me talking to Steve and, you know, he, he and I had been, business partners and friends for years. And I'm like, listen, I got an idea for a book and he and I talk about this. And typically when I write books, this is my fifth. So I I usually write a book because I get tired of saying the same thing over and over and over again. So I write it and I just tell people to read the book. It's in chapter five, you know, buy the book and read it. I'm tired of talking, just pay me the same. So that's why I write books. But this one was so interesting because when Steve said yes, I wanted his business acumen Mm. along with what I do psychologically as a coach like yourself to kind of combine this invaluable. So I split the word up and Steve and I started talking about it. So in other words, invaluable. Everyone is able to have value. Mm. What is your value? So if we're doing a portfolio on you as an individual, what is your worth? What are you worth right now? I don't mean financially necessarily. I mean mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. What is your weight and value which is worth? So that's why the triangle is on the front of the book. So it's health, strength, and worth. How do you get there? Like what is that? So that's what in value able is. Everyone has the ability to create value in themselves, but not everyone will do the work or the discipline to put into it to become at the top of that pyramid. So that's what we structured through these nine chapters is how does, how does one become invaluable to themselves and others that what I consider the je ne sais quoi. Mm. I may not be able to put a, a, a handle on it, but there's just something about you, Jay, I like. I don't know what it is, but I like you. I want to do business with you and I want to hang out with you. Well, that makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah. I like you. I like you too, by the way, I, even though this is the first time yeah. I, remember, I do. And, and this this leads me to, to a question. I will play a little bit of a devil's advocate here, all right? Because right. I can hear people say, "Well, who can become invaluable?" I mean, what you're what you're suggesting here, gentlemen, is that um, I I can become invaluable 
Is that truly possible? Is that truly possible in the workplace where we tell people that everybody is replaceable? Is that is that realistic at all, Stephen? Yeah, well, you know, I think I think the, the key to this concept is very simple. The concept of irreplaceability, right? It, can you really become irreplaceable? And I don't know that anyone is completely irreplaceable. However, what you can do is add such value, not just, I don't mean just to the job, I mean to the people around you, below you, above you, you add such value into the equation that you can make a tremendous difference from not only the business perspective, but the personal perspective. But I want to take this to a little bit different place than just the professional. And that is, and I'm coming off of an experience this weekend that was, you know, another learning experience for me. But I want to say we can be invaluable in life if it's just to one person, just to one person that we make a difference in their life. And, and so when I think of mothers and fathers, but I think of mothers, especially in this role. And why do I think of that? Because this weekend I, I had with my wife, our grand, two of our grandkids for four nights, five days. And it was a tremendous experience because we hadn't really had as much time. And I hadn't with my grandson Ford, who's only, you know, 16 going on 17 months old. By the end of the weekend, all he wanted was for Poppy to hold him. Now, that's the experience that I'm talking about of becoming invaluable to one person. And if you can think about that and magnify that into your your professional life, and you can now become in you can become that those people around you want you to hold them, <laughs> you know, if you will, if you want to put it in that context, now you've created something that others don't create. And that's when you separate yourself from the pack. And that is that je ne sais quoi, as Terry talks about. Well, since we're speaking French, um, uh, both of you are doing that. Thanks for doing that, because I can't help you there. Uh, well, Terry, what would you add to that? You know, I, I totally concur with Steve, because this is why we wrote the book. You know, people go through transitions in their lives. You know, I could have been invaluable in school. I could have been invaluable as an athlete in high school or college, but didn't make it to the pros. I could have been invaluable as an owner of a company. I could be invaluable as a dad, you know, uh, a grandpa. You know, my wife comes home every night, which I appreciate, which means there's something about me she still comes home to when I do to her. So there's some invaluableness. I don't really, you'd have to get her on the class, a whole other podcast. But you know, there's there's something that aspire to that says there's something about each individual and your question a moment ago is so powerful jay because like can everyone become invaluable yes no matter what your contribution is if your contribution is impactful enough you can change the world and i mean literally we think all oh, world changers i mean like thought leaders and people with all the money and all the power and all the influence no you know what some of the most powerful people in my lives, no one would ever know. Never spoke a word in their life. My son impacted my life to this day. You know, so invaluableness is not always tangible. It's something that you adapt to and say, I'm going to ingest that, like reading a book, listening to a podcast like yours. And I'm going to I'm going to take one, two or three things from this. You ask them for I need just. 1% influence, whatever that influence is, 
I can change my world and impact others' world. So that is invaluable. So yes, everyone can be invaluable if they just do the work. I, I, can I just add yeah, one thing yeah, there, Steve? Come on, Steve. Really quickly. Yes. I think back to the early days when my wife and I um, first got married, and she told me that you know before we got married, she was going to work the rest of her life, which was something that was important to me because my mother always worked, right? And you know then when it came closer to the time of thinking about having children, she actually quit before she even got pregnant. <laughs> and let me tell you, that was no easy moment. We all have our difficult moments, and whether it's in our careers or relationships, you have those. There was no easy moment. We talked through it. We made it through it the other side. You know what? I wouldn't change it for any amount of money today because mm -hmm. my kids are doing great because her purpose became being a great mother, and she did an unbelievable job, and I traveled a lot. So I wasn't there, and therefore I think I respect it even more because I wasn't able to be there. But we worked that out. So this is the example that we're talking about. And by the way, she made more money than I did when she quit. Mm. Mm. Okay, in her career. So, you know, at that time. So that's what, um, this is not just about money, folks. This yeah. is about yeah. how you think about yourself and your own self-worth and how, where, you, where you generate that feeling that is, unmistakably you. Yeah. That's what I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you know, I had a, something click uh, a few years ago where I, I, I did research years ago on goal studying when I was in grad school. And I decided to make one goal very simple. Make a positive impact on one person every day. Mm -hmm. That's it. Just make a positive impact. We can all do that. If we all just do it, if we all, if all everybody listening, watching TV. Thank you. If, if you decided to go out and just make a positive impact on the people you come in contact with, how would that change the world? And I started thinking through that. And, and so mm -hmm. the goal has been just make a positive impact today. That's it. I, I don't have to, I don't have to do anything else. Just make a positive impact. I don't know that makes me invaluable, but I do know this, that I know that it changes somebody else. And that's all that matters to me. You know, it's so powerful because it could be a smile. Yes. I yes. mean, Jennifer Robin, one of our, it, it, you know, people, we interviewed nine people, eight people into the nine chapters. And, you know, we interviewed nine, put them into eight chapters and finished out with forgiveness and why it's so important to mm. let ourselves off the hook. Mm, so true. Um, but Jennifer, you know, Steve, she made this comment. She goes, she was in New York or Boston, whatever, hailing a cab. There's a hundred people there. She's on the sidewalk hailing a cab and, the cab driver pulls up to her and she gets in and she goes, I just got a question. Why'd you let me in? He goes, because you were smiling. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it, it is that simple. Yes. That's why we have these stories in the book of yes. people that Steve and I thought were invaluable that impacts the world every day yeah. by the simplest of things. Yes. It could be a thank you, a please open the door, have a great day. You look great today. It's so simple. Yes. Sometimes I think we get so deep into, I'm going to become invaluable. I'm going to be the richest person <laughs> in the world. I'm going to write the most profound book. I'm going to like, yeah, whatever. You know, just do you with yes. a plan. Just my wife's happy that I just come home. Yes. That's it. It's really yes. simple. <laughs> yeah.
That's so true. Uh, their names are Stephen Bowen and Terry, Dr. Terry Lyles. The book is entitled Becoming Valuable, Develop the Willitude to Navigate Success. We haven't even got to those terms yet, but I promise you, we will. You're listening to them here on A New Direction. Hey, folks, uh, Epic Physical Therapy, my physical therapist, I think they should be yours as well. Whether you're recovering from an injury, surgery, or suffering everyday aches and pain, maybe you're a professional athlete and you're just wanting to be better. The elite team at Epic Physical Therapy will provide you with a customized treatment plan for you. So listen, when you're looking for your Epic Relief, your Epic Recovery, Epic Results, don't look any further. Go to EpicPT.com. It's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft Team Realtors, uh, for more than 39 years, uh, helping people transition in life. And you go, wait, they do real estate. What does that have to do with life? Pretty simple. Think about it. Every place you've ever lived has been a transition in life, right? Well, they know how to take the stress out of that part of that transition. They've been doing it for 39 years successfully. So listen, when you're ready to sell your home, buy your home, whatever it may be, start with Linda Craft Team Realtors. That's lindacraft.com, L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. And we're back here on A New Direction with uh, Stephen Bowen and Dr. Terry Lyles. The book, Becoming Invaluable, uh, Develop the Will to, to Navigate Success. Um, one of the things, uh, guys, that you say in chapter one is finding value. And I think there is, I think we've kind of hit that on a little bit on the outside is how we get to find value. But there's a piece in here uh, that you talk about uh, after you go through, you know, ways to become invaluable, invent something, you know, provide a valuable service, whatever, those type, those things. But then there is the desire to learn. And we spent a little time before the show uh, talking about that desire to learn. And you say to become invaluable and stay that way through technological disruption and rapidly changing culture, you need to keep learning, adding to your knowledge, skills, and experience. It's a very simple formula. You keep learning equals continued success. You stop learning and it equals stagnation and failure. Terry, let's start with you. Um, learning and becoming invaluable, the importance of that, and help us help us encourage us, if you will, to get to to be to become better learners. Yeah, I mean, Steve and I are both avid readers and listeners and viewers of podcasts like yours, and I think that's such a huge part of learning. I, I think a part also that's overlooked is learning through the obvious, mm. like just paying attention, like looking up in the sky you know, and just reflecting on what's right in my life right now. How blessed am I to be alive today? Mm. You know, learning from things that are beyond just books and tapes as we, Steve and I talk about, because we listened to tapes back in the day. You're probably not old enough. Oh, no, I am. Oh, oh, no, I am old enough. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's a part of learning. But I think there's also an aspect that we touch on of learning that is being reflective, you know, just really stopping and going like, wow, you know, I'm really blessed today, you know? So learning comes in a lot of different modalities. It's reading, it's listening, it's hearing, it's feeling, it's speaking. And I think that's really very powerful that we all learn in different ways. You know, we all have different learning modalities as we know. Some are more avid readers than others. Some will listen more than others. Some will learn by, you know, fault and failure. It's all great, but it's just learn something today. So I ask my son every day, what did you learn today? 
I just want to just tell me one thing you learned today. If he has nothing, I'm like, why are we doing this? I don't get it. You got to tell me something. Make it up because he knows I'm going to ask him. So <laughs> learning comes from a lot of different modalities. Just tell me something you learned today. So, Steve, tell me something you learned today. <laughs> well, you know, Terry, I really have to think about that. I learned a really important thing today <laughs> is that I need I need to make sure that I eat regularly because sometimes I get going so fast I forget (laughs) and if you don't refuel you don't you you can hit a wall and I kind of hit a wall this morning because yesterday I had my workout um, routine and late morning this morning I was going a little fast this morning and I hit a wall Uh, even though I had a really good night's sleep I still hit a wall because I hadn't fueled myself properly so that kind of simple little learning. Now we all know that, but sometimes we have to learn those things over and over again, right? To really get them. And how important that is in terms of taking care of our our health and our strength, because without that fuel, we, it dwindles. And so that was my learning for today, Terry. And and you know what? And, And Jay, it's in our book that we need to eat all day and rest and sleep. But you know what? I do the same thing because you know what? We're human beings, right? We get busy. We run through airports, the plane's late. I didn't bring enough food in my bag. Yep. You know, you're just, listen, we're navigating life every day. It's just the way it is. And, you know, even even we as authors have to read our own book. My wife will say, can you read chapter seven again and come back downstairs? <laughs> I'm like, all right, baby, I'll come back downstairs. You know what I mean? So just because you know something doesn't mean you do what you know. Right. We know what to do. We just don't always do what we know. Yeah, and that leads me to sometimes our willitude and our uh, and navigating with ourselves doesn't always work, right? I think one of the things I learned, uh, which I learned a ton from this book, and I always do from every book I read, but one of the things I thought about was, you know, willitude and navigating. Oftentimes, I think about it doing it with other people, but sometimes I got to do the same thing with myself. Do I have the willitude to work out today? Yep. And there are times when I have to navigate myself to get up and do my workout today because I right. love to work out, but sometimes I feel a little lazy because it's a little cold in the garage because I have my gym in my garage. And it's, so it's a little chilly. Maybe I got to navigate with myself to go, all right, turn on the heater out there and let it warm up and then we'll go out in 15 minutes, right? So in the meantime, stretch. So that brings us to willitude and navigate. So... Who would like to help me under, help the world understand what willitude and navigation is? Well, well this is this is a really interesting interesting yeah. discussion because you know as Terry said we came together and we've known each other for years, and after we came up with becoming invaluable from Terry's dissection of invaluable, right? Um, we we started to figure out what how are we going to do this and and honestly Terry has in all of his books I think put together you know mash two words together to oh, um, yeah. you know to to do that and so Terry had already been thinking about this concept of navigate and I said well that's really interesting and we got into this discussion about attitude and fortitude and the different and you know HR people don't like the attitude word and. And so we came up with, out of that discussion, I said, well, I I think I got it, willitude. (laughs) And so all of a sudden we're sitting here with willitude and fortitude, will being the willpower and fortitude being that mental strength, right? Mm -hmm. And and I'll let Terry talk about navigate. 
But all of a sudden, we're staring these two words in the face. Now, it, it took us, I don't know, Terry, we were probably, what, halfway through the book before we came up with exactly. the phrase? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you make it but, up when you print it. it that's absolutely real. right. That's yeah, true. that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So, yeah, but, so that, that, that is how it came together. So I'll just, I'll add yeah. one thing. I'll hand it right to you, Terry. The unwillitude. Look. There is no one that continues to succeed without failure, period. Yeah. And so many people like to talk about their successes, and they forget how much they've learned from their failures. Well, I can tell you, I didn't get to where I was without failures. I certainly had several, and including getting fired from two jobs. So it, it happens to all of us. We make mistakes, and then we learn. The question is, do you learn the right lessons from those mistakes so you can go on to greater success? And that, to me, is where willitude comes into play because you have to not only believe and have the will to succeed up here, whatever it is that you choose. I don't care whether you're an artist or you're a philanthropist or you're trying to start a business today, right? But you have to have that mental toughness to get through those moments where crap happens to you, using a kind word. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and when that happens to you, you've got to be able, you've got to be able to kind of wipe all that off your face and keep on going. And that to me is what Willitude is all about. But without Navigotiate, Willitude doesn't get you very far. Oh, well, then. Yeah. go ahead. Yeah. And, and part of, I mean, you know, I, I use words sometimes, sometimes they just come to you, you know, and you're like, I talk about this all the time every day with people I'm coaching, race car drivers, fighter pilots. And, you know, I, I use this theme a lot because pilots, fighter pilots, astronauts, uh, race car drivers, I train, I love it. I love speed, N not necessarily death and dying, but on the edge of that, which is right at the edge of out of control, which is control that's perceived. And, and you start thinking about like, sometimes you're navigating things and negotiating with people. Other times you're negotiating with people and you're navigating things. So that's where navigotiate came from, from my standpoint. So when Steve and I started talking about this, it's like some, sometimes I need to like convince somebody of something that they don't see in themselves. Other times I'm trying to help them understand something that I'm trying to convey to them. So it's negotiating and navigating simultaneously, but the, the, the navigation skill is so important because I could get on an airplane right here where I live and go somewhere. But if I don't have a ticket that tells me where I'm ending up, I have no idea where I'm going to land. Right. So I'm trusting the pilot will navigate and negotiate the weather to the right destination. I want to make sure I land at the right place. So in the book, we tried to figure out what is your plan to take off, navigate, Navigotiate and land where you want to land as invaluable with your family, your friends, yourself, your work to, to become that invaluable person. Beautiful. That leads us then to, and I think this is a great segue into chapter three, which is purpose and values, the bedrock supporting the foundation of health and strength. And I think what's real important here is that uh, it's, it's, it's difficult. I, I, listen, I work with people trying to help them find their purpose and discover the purpose as part of coaching. And it's very difficult. It's, it's not an easy process. It, uh, you guys actually write in here that sometimes people find it early in life. Many times, like myself, I didn't find it till much later in life. 
Um, I didn't find it till I was after 50, right? It just didn't happen for me till then. Um, partially my fault, partially just, just the way life unfolded. Mm-hmm. Help us understand purpose and values and help, help people, maybe give people a little encouragement here. Uh, because I, you and I, Terry, you and I run into a lot of people who go, I just don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And perhaps maybe we need to encourage them a little bit and, and how that how we can help them. And I'll start with, go ahead, Terry, just let you go. Yeah, let me start with the purpose and I'll let Steve handle, you know, the, the other side. Because this is how we wrote, you know, it, it was kind of like this back and forth because we diff, we have different levels of learning in our lives, all right. three of us. And it's how do you combine that? And I think that was the beauty of putting this book together. So purpose to me has always been so interesting because it really comes down to inspiration. And the Hebrew word is nashima, and it means to inspire and or breathe. And if you can figure out what inspires an individual or yourself, you'll never lack a day of purpose because you know why you're doing something, not how you're doing it. And and I think it's so important that, you know, I wake up every morning and I try to take a few minutes, sometimes it's longer than that, before I get out of bed, mock two with my hair on fire, like all of us do it running, do what we got to do, right? But I stop and I'm like, why am I here? You know, like, why did I live through the night? And God, thank you that I'm alive. But now what am I going to do? What am I grateful for? Who am I thankful to? Who do I love? Who loves me? It goes back to that basic value that Steve will talk about that is so important, but purpose is what inspires you. And if you can stay connected to what inspires you, you'll never lack a day of motivation, inspiration, perseverance, or force. It's all four great segments, understanding that I live because, and you fill in the blank. Yeah. I, I, let, me, let me, let me, before you get to you, Stephen, and we talk about values, I want to go back, Terry, and say this, though, because it's so important that you you say in this section, your purpose is a key factor in becoming invaluable. Yes. And and I think what happens is, and I think you make a big point about this, you could go live out in the middle of nowhere and build a cabin on your own, but is that really a purpose? Right. Right. Yeah, Pur- purpose. The, uh, you and I both know the psychological definition of purpose is doing something that is meaningful to you and that um, c- makes a positive contribution to society or community or, or world at large. Yeah, and uh, so it involves other people. Yes. Somehow, right? Somehow, purpose is going to involve others. Yes. It, it could be as simple as involving pets, animals. Yes. Yeah. Like right. a, an animal shelter, um, a, 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 an orphanage, right. uh, helping children who have no parents. It doesn't really matter. It's whatever that wakes you up that you get like passionate over. Like I'm wet, like I'm sweating and I'm excited because this is why I want to get out of bed. This is why I want to go to work every day, Right. whatever that work is. But you're so right because the purpose is so simple but profound. And I learned this, and I wrote about it in the first chapter from my son that was special needs that passed away a couple of years ago now, and never spoke, never walked in a wheelchair. He, you know, but he so impacted all of our lives. And he, he, you would think, how could he impact my life? All you had to do was look at him. He was invaluable. He still is invaluable to me, even in his life and his death. He's invaluable to me. 
my son gave me purpose, and that's why I'm with you today, wrote this book with Steve, because my purpose is to impact, inspire, and help others become better every single day. That's why that's invaluable. Yeah. And that's the purpose I have. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So, and, and I, here's, where, here's where I love what you did here, because I am a firm believer that it's very difficult, Stephen, to get to purpose if we don't know our values. And yes. I have done this study... Uh, anecdotally, where I've asked people, tell me, tell me three of your core values. And they look at me wide-eyed like a deer in the headlights because very few people can state to you three basic core values. So, so Stephen, talk to us about values and that connection to purpose. All right. Well, I couldn't agree with you more that the two go hand in glove. Yes. Go rudder with the sails on a boat, go, you know, um, I guess autopilot or live pilot in the plane Terry was talking about, but the two go, they go like this. So to me, you know, I think sometimes people struggle with purpose because they're trying to answer that question without having understood those values for themselves. And, and then they get into all this altruistic, like it's got to be this big, it's got to be so fantastic of a purpose that no one else would ever do it. No, it can be, mine was very simple and basic. Mine was provide for my family. That was my purpose. That sounds maybe to some people ridiculously simple. That's okay. But the reason that had meaning to me was because at the end of the day, it's the values that guided me to provide for them that meant more than anything else. And I had five core values that I live by. And by the way, that I ran my company by and those people that bought into it joined us. And those that didn't either didn't join us if we figured it out ahead of time, or if they didn't match up, they exited on their own choice or by our choice. So for, for brevity here today, I'll just, I'll start with my number one, value, which is character. Now, character, you can take that word into all kinds of other things from honesty and truthfulness and you you name it. I think of it this way, Jay. I think of it as do the right thing even when no one else is looking. Mm-hmm. And to me, I don't voice my beliefs. As you said, we're all spiritual and we're all spiritual in our own way. But to me, there's someone always looking, right? So, Therefore, if I do the right thing when no one else is looking, I know there's still one more person looking. <laughs> and, and that guided me to make decisions that mattered in a way that I might not have made previously if I didn't really anchor myself around it. Now, there are other values, you know, from, from the concept of teamwork and service and all of that, and, and that service to others and that teamwork you can't do anything without it without thinking about a team. I mean, Terry and I, how did this come together? Because we started working together. He started working with my company and with me. He ended up asking me if I'd be interested to do this. Today, we have four other people that are supporting us in doing this book. Mm-hmm. So it's always a team. So that teamwork becomes so critically important as well. But I want to take back to how do values help you find your purpose? So for me that value of providing for my family said, I don't step out of bounds on doing things that matter first to my family ever, because that was the char- that's the character element behind that purpose 
if you will. And that bedrock, and I call this bedrock rather than foundation. Foundation we're going to get to here in a moment. But this bedrock, you know, the my purpose and my values haven't changed for many, many, many years. But like you, Jay, I didn't. I started my business when I was 44. Okay, so um, and and I didn't start at 24 or at 14 or whatever. But I will tell you this much: the concept of if you don't have that purpose clear, why you're working as hard as you're working. In this case, if I use my business as an example and operating with with the real aspects of character every day of my life, then where am I going to have the willitude, meaning to put in, if we want to go to Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours, right? Where am I going to have the willitude to bear through all of those difficult times of learning, of growing and changing, if you aren't truly anchored in bedrock? And that's how I think of values assisting the purpose and the purpose assisting the values. Mm, totally agree. And it's really cool. Let me just interject real quick, Jay, and I'll throw it back to you. But that's it's in our title, value, in value, able. Mm. The vow is the self-worth etymologically. So that's how we got to that pyramid. So it's the value. What is your value? What are you and I and Steve what are we worth to ourselves? and what are we worth to others? Because I may think I'm worth more than I am to others. Others may think I'm, I'm worth more to them than I am to myself. And so we get into that psychological dynamic of create value, become valuable. Yeah, that's, that's right on. That's spot on, gentlemen. That's absolutely spot on. Uh, awesome. Hey, folks, the book is a, you, well, it's Becoming Invaluable is the name of the book. Um, uh, develop the willitude and negotiate success. Uh, fantastic. Folks, you're listening to Stephen Bowen and Terry Lyles here on A New Direction. Uh, folks, uh, what can I say about epic physical therapy that I haven't said? Um, here's the deal. They have the most advanced top-of-the-line equipment, including the Alter-G anti-gravity treadmill. Try saying that three times very fast. Uh, the Norman Tech compression sleeves in the game ready. My favorite, uh, just to name a few. They're trained and certified most comprehensive cutting-edge treatments available, like blood flow restriction therapy. Uh, dry needling cupping, and that's just a few. So listen, when you're ready for your epic relief, your epic recovery, your epic results, don't look any further. Go to epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C. PT.com and Linda Craft Team Realtors, uh, more than 39 years, uh, been at the top of the game in the real estate business. And right now they're looking for um, new agents. So if you're in the Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill area, known as the Research Triangle Park, uh, and you're moving in and you go, hey, I'm looking for a new company to hang a license, check out Linda Craft Team Realtors. I'm telling you, uh, they've got training, some of the best training, Craft uh, University, it's amazing. And they can help you take your real estate game to the next level. So check them out. Linda Craft Team Realtors. It's lindacraft.com. L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here on A New Direction uh, with my two friends. I think I can call you guys friends. I feel like I could call you guys friends. I'm going to call you guys friends. Don't care. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Steve Bowen, Terry Lyles, the book called Becoming Invaluable, uh, Develop the Willitude to Navigate Success um, here in this last segment. And... Um, Guys, we're, we're into that area where we start moving into chapter four. We start talking about the personal attributes, the five personal attributes of knowledge. Uh, and uh, we, we've got five knowledge skills. And I'm trying to go to attitude. And I'm trying to think what the last two are health. And what am I? Strength. 
strength? Yes, strength. Yeah, strength, yeah. right? Okay. So let's 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 take a look at these, and maybe we could, I don't know. Do you feel like we should lump some of them together, or how do you want to uh, tease these out? Why they're important? To it becoming usually out? takes the first two to three, and okay. I'll finish up with the last ones because that's kind of how we wrote them. So Great. we don't know any yeah. better other than just doing it how we do. <laughs> okay, well then let's go that route. I'm happy with that. All right. Well, go ahead. Uh, so I'll, I'll pick up with knowledge, skills, and attitude. I used to call it KSA. Right, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, right. And it's actually a methodology that comes out of uh, the idea of how do you move, how do you become the best at the job you're in, and how do you move to the next job? So yeah. define all the knowledge factors. What do we need to know to do our job? The skill factors, what do we do? Skill is really, what do we do with what we know? And attitude is how we feel about what we do. So if you can, from a scale of one to 10, you were talking about scales earlier, Jay, if you can scale this thing from one to 10 on each of the, of the knowledge factors, the skill factors and the attitude factors you have to do to do that job excellently. Now you know what you need to do to do that job excellently. And if there's a next job ahead of you, if you can have that defined for the next job ahead of you, then you can start to work on those so that you can actually really truly develop yourself in your career path in a unique way. Well, as I thought about it, I said, well, wait a minute, we need to be doing this for ourselves as we go through these various stages and transitions in life. We need to be thinking about how do we continuously advance our knowledge, our skills, and our attitudes. And that's where it started from. And so we encourage that to happen on a regular, if not daily basis. But I'm going to let Terry pick up with health and strength here to kind of round out the picture of these five attributes. Yes, please. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's really important. And I think that Steve and I kept talking through the combination of these, and we're similar animals, so to speak, in how we think and how we operate. I think that's why the book was so uh, commiserate for us to come together. So health and strength, what kind of health? Mind, body health. I mean, that's really the world I live in. You know, your mental, emotional, spiritual, physical health, which you mentioned. They're like four wheels on the same car. You know, they have to be aligned. They don't necessarily have to be balanced, but they have to be aligned. So you need tire pressure, camber caster in the tires to make sure if you're leaning left or right. If you're into racing or driving, you know, there's alignment is very important. So our mind-body health is a big part of that. What does that mean? My mental health, my body health. Sometimes we take care of our body. Listen, I know people that look, they're bodybuilders, and you talk to them, and, you know, they're pretty shallow because they don't take care of their minds. And that's okay. And I know people that are smart, way smarter than I'll ever be, but, the, you know, they don't move. So it's like you, you, there's this balancing effect or what we call alignment of mind and body. And it doesn't mean you have to be better in one than the other. Just work on both of them. And that creates strength. So what is strength? That's that, that willitude to have the ability to not just be strong, but to be flexible. And, and what I found in sports science training years ago, working with athletes and to this day, you know, there, there were there were some aspects we wanted to look at. We wanted to try to figure out what are the health values of a performer, an elite performer. So, obviously, strength is a big part of that. I work out. I have muscles. I do what I do. You know, I'm resilient. Okay, great. I never quit. I'll run my head through a wall. But when we got the flexibility, 
holy cow, 90% of them failed. So it was strength, flexibility, and resiliency, being able to pop back. So most people damage themselves on the flexibility side. And what I mean, I'll stop here because I can go all day on this, but how mentally flexible are we? Which means I may not believe what you believe, but I'm going to let you have that one because maybe you know something I don't know. How emotionally flexible are you? I can resolve something and get past it. I get pissed off. I can get over it pretty quickly. How spiritually flexible am I? I don't believe what you believe, but I'm going to let you have that because I have my beliefs and maybe we'll meet somewhere in the middle. How physically flexible are you? So strength involves not just tough and strong. It's strength, flexibility, and this resiliency factor that adds to that values, you know, piece that we talked about earlier and how all this comes together in becoming invaluable. What I found most interesting about these five attributes is that I kind of saw them almost as a little bit of a pyramid with attitude being at the top because mm-hmm. I felt like there is almost this 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 triangle of attitude kind of, you know what? Knowledge and skills. Well, I got to have good attitude there. Health and strength. I got to have an attitude there. I saw attitude kind of be the top. They kind of lead there and then they kind of drop out of it. But then I thought, well, wait a minute. I could actually flip that whole pyramid on the other side and I could say health because if I don't have any health, I'm not going to have strength. I'm not going to be able to have skills. I'm not going to be able to work on my knowledge. And you know, that can also, I could have a little overlap in my, um, in my attitude. And I started flipping this thing around in my mind and I kept saying, well, darn it. They're all start to be circular where they start becoming dependent upon each other. And it almost becomes a pentagram where it's, it's it's this pentagram of five things where I can't do, and they start cross-sectioning with each other and I can't do without any one of them because I have to have all of them. That's, that was kind of how I thought about it. And you know what, when you take, you take the cover and and health, strength, and self-worth, if you turn it upside down, if your self-worth is on the bottom and, and your health and strength you think are great, but you don't believe in yourself, you don't like yourself, you don't love yourself, you, you got to get back to doing what you said, this pentagram where it's got to mm. be flipping it. Mm. They're all important to each other. One is not more important than the other. They create a holistic synergy yes. that creates an invaluableness. Yes. So what yeah. you two guys are talking about here makes me think of people run around talking about work-life balance, work-life balance. Yeah. And I will tell you that Terry and I don't believe in work-life balance. I don't, okay? either. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. We, we, we do believe in work-life synergy. Right. Yes. But nothing's ever exactly balanced. But what what I mean by that is is that when you look at goals, what do a lot of people do? They drop right to, oh, my financial goal is this, or my goal of physical exercise is X. I have always espoused, first, you got to have your health. You need your health to do God's good work here on earth. Second, you got to have spirituality in alignment in what those goals are. For whatever that is, I don't care if you're in the metaphysical world, which I love, I think it's brilliant reading and learning to do, whatever it is. And then you have your family. And now we get to business and finally financial. But I like, I would espouse that to the people in our, I was in the consulting business and it's a very intense arena, which is why we had Terry helping us since he's kind of known as America's stress doctor. And, And he would help us deal with some of this. But if you don't, constantly work on all five of those, all five, which is what we're talking about here with knowledge, skills, attitude, health, and strength. 
If you don't constantly work on all five, you can't truly reach the pinnacle of invaluableness. Mm -hmm. And that's our point is that there's, there is a methodology here that's not hard to follow. That's what we defined in the book is the methodology that you can follow to assist yourself in doing all of this in a better fashion. So that's what, just as you guys were talking about it, because it does get a little confusing at times. And, and you guys understand it much deeper than I do with your backgrounds, but I think about it all the time. And I hope that people will actually take a moment to spend the time to figure out, hey, there's actually a process here or a methodology or whatever approach, whatever word you like to put on it that you can follow. This is a beautiful place because, guys, we've done an hour, and uh, which has gone extraordinarily fast. Um, gosh, if you guys are open to it, I'd love to have you come back and do a part two of this at some point because um, I just think. Sure. Well, you couldn't pay us a greater compliment, Jay. Uh, I would. Thank I you. I got to tell you, considering that. Because I got to tell you, we didn't even get to vision, mission, and servant leadership and forgiveness, and they're extraordinarily powerful in this book. And I think we can help a lot of people um, in a part two. So let's talk about doing that in the future. Uh, but before we go, um, I'd like to give you both an opportunity for people to find you uh, and and want, if they want to reach you. So Stephen, starting with you, how can people find you and reach you? What's the best way to contact you? Well, the, the best way to find and, and reach me is either through our book which um, we have a website, www.becominginvaluable.com. And we also have um, our own individual um, websites as well. They can find me at stephenjbowen.com, which was from my previous book. And Terry, who should talk about his too, because he's done yeah. even more of that kind of work than I have. Yeah, Terry. Yeah, just terrylyles.com, but you know, we're just trying to drive everybody mainly to becoming invaluable because we've tried to place everything there. But again, like Steven said, you know, just being able to get to us enhances what we're doing because we're, we're not trying to change the world. We're trying to influence people to change the world. Yeah. And that's what this is about. I totally agree. You guys are great. Stay with me, will you please? Folks, it's the show. You know what I say to you. You are in control of three things in your life, your attitude, your effort, and your resiliency. Listen, I know that life can give you circumstances and things can be difficult. I understand that. But you still have control of that attitude of yours. You could take control of it. It's your choice. And your effort is your excellence. How excellent will you be today in the midst of whatever circumstances you're facing? And finally, resiliency. You know what? We all get knocked down. But it's up to you to get back up again. Get back up. Work your attitude. Be excellent. I know you can because it's in your control. I'll be back next week with another great guest, another great book, which automatically means it's another great show. As I say to you all over the world, you know, you had a lot of choices. You chose us. Thank you. I'm grateful. Give us a thumbs up on YouTube and a positive review wherever you listen or watch the show. As I say to you all over, you know what that is. Ciao, every. A new direction. Things are gonna change. To go a different way, yeah The time has come Your dreams will take you places you have never been before Find your passion, find your strength